Alright. Yo. Where's my tripod? What's up, everyone? Peace, peace. Or to say in Taylor's words, peace and wellness, family. Um. Shout out to everyone tuning in. Um, yo, absolute madness. <sighs> All right, this hair absolutely ridiculous. Yo, Taylor, man, I need a, I need a haircut. I need a haircut, but I can't get one. Ah, uh, all right. Look at you, look at you, your face. Uh, the inflammation gone. <laughs> a little, little thinner, a little mucus less than usual. Yo, you look, you look good, man. Right on, man. Day 29. 29. Juice yeah. piece. Huh? Yeah, juice, juice piece. piece. So yesterday, so yesterday was like the technical four-week you know, 28 days, and tomorrow's kind of the official, you know, everyone says 30 days, you know, generally 30 days in a month. So, yeah, tomorrow will be 30. One-third is done, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Thank I you. For it. I mean, I'm in too deep now. Like, I just got to keep it going now. Like, there's yeah. no back out. But you feel good? You feel good? You already had some, some breakthrough? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, just all different types of waves. Um you know what I mean? Physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, this week has been a lot of like the physical on the physical side, especially like as far as like um, like the DI, you know what I mean? Testings, colon, just all of that. Like it's unbelievable what still comes out of you a month later. Like <laughs> no solid food, not, you know, not a bite of fiber, nothing. And it's like, where is all of this coming from? It's been there. It's been there the whole time, just waiting for the opportunity to come out. Sheesh. Man. All that Arnold Eric, that all that 15, 20, 25 pounds, man, is a walking cesspool. Like, yeah. yes, seeing that firsthand. There it is. Still waiting on that uh that mucoid plaque snake, though. Like, that's my, on the physical level, that's my big goal is, like, to get that bad boy out. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. You know, regards to mucoid plug. Um, let's see if you, if you take it out because I've never, like, whenever I see this occurring, people are either coming from a very bad diet or they taking some kind of earth, right? So that clogs and that the earth comes out and they confuse that with mucoid plug. But I've mm. never, and I don't know anyone who actually had that and can claim that they're coming out of a juice fast like you. Like if you can get that, I'm totally convinced because I can trust you because the other things on the internet, I don't like even the concept of how the mucoid plug forms. It's always after either, again, as I said, somebody's coming off a very sad diet. So you, you have like your, your crap anyway in your system. 
or you take something like uh you know diakimitus earth how do you pronounce that yeah like that you know what i mean exactly yeah. so you would be you that would, that would be amazing if you can get that shit out literally literally shit um yeah right? like at this point it probably wouldn't be anything like um i mean it could be we'll see it probably wouldn't be like the full like you know you've seen the pictures of like the snake looking thing and you know what i mean mm -hmm. all that just because i've been after it for a while you know what i mean i've been true clean you know for some years now um so it'll probably be more like smaller segments and things like that but yeah. more so like the uh I'm looking for like the mucus beds and you know what mm. I mean? Things like that. You know, kinda okay. like how you uh kind of self check like if you're filtering, if your kidneys are filtering, kinda checking that, like these strings of mucus and these things like that. Like, okay, that's that's really what I was looking for right there. Man, that's uh yo, ninety days, ninety days juice fast. That's man, that's big. That's big. And I can like even like when I think about it, um, you said, you know, kidney filtration. Then you have gallbladder filtration. <laughs> what is your is your kiddo there? Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, what I want to say is, um, you know, gallbladder filtration, right? Gallstones forming, uh, excess cholesterol leaving. Those are the little stones that you usually would see in your bowel, for example. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm really happy, man. You're glowing. Like, you look really good. <laughs> right on, right hey, on. Yeah, I, I, already see, I already can see, like, you're... Your child already likes that you're looking that good and they're vibrating that way. That <laughs> ego com comes from the heart. You want to say hi before I take you in? Hey, buddy, what's up? Say hi. Peace, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm running in real quick and we'll get started. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. All right, guys, basically, um, we chatted a little bit, but uh, basically, what we wanted to do is um, to do another. Juice fast, ah, uh, juice fast, bro. Another Q and A, and I want to give you the the chance to ask Taylor or me or me or both of us um, questions uh, regards anything. You know, we we kind of cover all kinds of topics, and um, yeah. So feel free to ask any questions. It can be, you know health related can be spiritual uh, spirituality can be uh the technology which we call um politics and those conspiracy theories and whatever i know that taylor is really well written in those things but if you have any questions just shoot it and primarily ask in the uh question box you know this little question thing uh in the bottom that's what you should ask so we can pop up the question and we can start a dialogue so do you have something on your heart or in your mind you want to talk about in particular or do we just want to go uh, into the question segment um oh yo wait let me let me first explain what happened to me oh, oh yeah i almost forgot so um i was playing basketball yeah and i crossed somebody so bad that they had to revenge and you know hit me with the elbow and my uh, I, I swear to god like that hit was so hard they broke the the like this little part of this jaw, this arc. I don't know. It has a long name. It's that part which is very unlikely to break. That's what my doctor, what the doctor tell, uh, told me. And now I have to get now I have to get surgery because it doesn't heal on itself. Like I researched everywhere, right? I looked into my books. I looked online. If it if it's broken in your face, it's probably gonna be scar tissue and will cause some trouble in the in the future. So surgery is actually the best thing to do. Now, I'm, I'm all for the best 
for all for the best solution. Um, but the only thing that I don't like is the anesthetics that I'm going going to get. So that's the only issue that I have. But other than that, you know, just got a juice fast ahead of you. <laughs> you know, the, the good thing is the good thing is though that um, because you know if you're already in this fasting lifestyle and if you allow your body to heal itself regularly then you're really, really able to push out this stuff out of you as, as quick as possible. So um, I've, never, I've never had surgery. I've never broke a bone. I've never had something like that other than maybe, you know, you riz them to a teeth or something like that. Um, so basically, this is going to be interesting how your body reacts if it's truly healthy because that's how I feel, you know, because of the past four and a half years of really good eating and holistic living and, you know, tapping into my highest self so uh we're gonna see we're gonna see maybe i'm gonna do a 90 day it was malicious it was, it was like malicious or like an accident no it was an accident i was oh I was no, no, no so it was like like you know what happens i crossed somebody over that person tried to uh uh what was it what's it <laughs> somebody saying looking like joking no on the voice <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, basically, uh, I crossed him over, and then he tried to defend, and then, you know, I went left, he went right with his arm, and then it was quite a hard hit, though. But it was funny because it did not swell or was inflamed. Now it felt like it's, it's a bump or something like that. But then in the evening, I was like, okay, it's still not inflamed, but I feel my bone here. Where the hell is the bone over there, right? So I went to the hospital, and they told me that I was broken. But anyway, yeah. Real out there, you know what I mean? it happens, shit happens. It was just a pickup game, it was just a pickup. I won though, but it was just a pickup game. That's right? how it is. When I broke my hand, it was just it wasn't even like a good pickup game, it was just a sloppy pickup game. That's how they always happen. did. You win, did you win? Yeah, we still won. See, okay, it was worth it. That's my logic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's dive into the first question. Um, all right, let's um. Let's start with the first one. I think that's that's quite fitting to your juice fast. Are, would you recommend sun gazing? Um, yeah, I would, but eventually, like sun gazing is one of those things. Um, there's like tears to like knowledge, and there's tears to like healing and things like that. Like sun gazing isn't necessarily one I would recommend someone to like just jump right into as far as like first tier. Like I would just recommend you know just the basics. You know what I mean? So it would depend where you're at on the journey, but. You know, definitely cleaning up the diet, definitely clean, uh, experimenting with like fasting, some things like that. Um, definitely, you know, experimenting with, um, you know, maybe like some herbal cleanses, things like that. Mm. Uh, get familiar with like meditation and breath work, things like that. And then kind of next tier, that's when like things like sun gazing and like uh, much deeper breath work and things like that come in. And then, of course, like um, Sun gazing is one of those things like really, really, really do your due diligence. Like I've literally had people ask me like, so middle of the day, I just go out and look at the sun. Like, no, like if you no, read some books on it, watch, you know what I mean? Like those types of things, because you're talking about a very delicate, delicate, you know, frequency tuner of the yeah. eye and a very powerful sun. Like you need to know what you're doing first. So clean up first do a lot of research on it then very very slowly come into it if that's what you're feeling i fully agree on that because like first of all if you're sun gazing it has like very limited physical 
uh, properties, right? If you look at it from the current and contemporary scientific point of view, but you have to be, you know, uh, open enough, spiritually aware enough to tap into these energies, right? So it's the same thing as if you're walking in nature, if you're totally closed, you won't get the healing frequencies off nature. You won't tap into that, you know, calmness into the peace. Same thing with sun gazing, right? So that's very, very important that you're already kind of aware. Like, I wouldn't say that you cannot do it at, at all times, but to, to reap most benefits, you should do it when you're truly, truly aware, when you're living in the moment and the now, you know? And on top of that, definitely do your, do your research because you don't want to look into the sun when it's like, you know, perpendicular to the, to, 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 to the earth because that's when you're hurting, like you're hurting your, your, your eyes fully. The only time that you're, that's for everyone, uh, the only time that you can look straight into the sun is in the last 15 and the first 15 hour, uh, minutes of the day um, because then you don't have a certain frequency in the sunlight. That's why it appears so orange. And that actually does not attack your retina. And therefore, you can look straight into the sun. Um, somebody is saying there, there is no question. Question box anymore? Oh, wait. Okay, that's weird. Wait, is, is anyone, is everyone seeing a question box or is it just one person that would be interesting because I don't see any questions right now. Anyway, let me ask you, let me ask you a question about your juice fast. Like, can you already, can you already tell, um, like certain stages that you went through or breakthroughs, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, like, and what are they? Definitely waves. Like mine started off, mine didn't start off physical. My physical came on later. And I would just guess that's because, you know, I've been at the physical for a while. My first waves were like the mental, emotional waves. Like that was the first kind of detox that I went through. I mean, it was a crazy few days, like crazy few days, um, you know, but it just had to, you know, the same correspondence that exists within the body exists within the mind and, the, you know, the spiritual body, the emotional body. So. The same way, like this last week, I've been, you know, cleansing a lot of physical waste matter out of my body. The first week, it was just a lot of just repressed thoughts. And you know what I mean? Just, um, uh, you know, some people call it like more like shadow work. Um, just things all throughout my past. Like, I mean, with myself, with family, with relationships, just with all of that. Um, all of that was coming to the surface, you know what I mean? Just because just the, just the, we don't realize how much energy goes into just to the routine of eating as far as like thinking about what am I going to eat today, preparing the food, eating the food, snacking on the food, all, you know what I mean? All these things take up so much mental time. And that's what, you know what I mean? That's what a lot of people turn to as far as like when they're going through things, uh, you know, tough situations, they turn to the comfort food because it just it distracts you away from it. Mm. So when you remove that distraction from you, and, you know, you open up these hours throughout the day where you're not eating and you're doing nothing that's related to food and eating and shopping and all of this stuff. All of that stuff starts to bubble up to the top. So definitely as far as like the, uh, a lot of old mental, emotional waves came through. And then after that, um, I definitely had like some kidney uh, breakthroughs as far as like experiencing some kidney pain and then seeing massive filtration come in after experiencing uh, some of that kidney discomfort. And then um, 
getting to the level now where like I mean literally the floodgates have opened as far as like my GI track and things like that you know what I mean a month in still having like solids you know semi-solids and solids still coming out so then those types of breakthroughs and then like at this point I'm kind of beyond like the hunger point like the hunger's not even yeah. a on the mental spiritual side than it is like the physical side as far as like the hunger and things like that all right oh, man that's uh that's big that's really big like a juice fast 30 you're already 30 days deep that's the longest i can ever imagine juice fast but 90 days it's going to be a really breakthrough. Like, what, what what's your daily like routine look like? What do you consume? Um, the morning the morning varies. Sometimes it's um, at, for a while I was doing like some soap, like distilled water with like soap dates or prunes, and I would just strain that out. Uh, that because there was a little while where the bowels slow down a lot because they're just not they're not fully in cleansing mode yet. They're still kind of in in limbo of are you going to eat again are you are we in cleansing mm -hmm. mode like what are you doing yeah. to the bowel for a few days like the bowels are like totally slow down so i was doing like the date water and the prune water and that was really getting them going uh now i don't have to do that at all now they're just they know it's cleansing time so they're just full-blown going so uh you know i may do like some something simple in the morning like maybe like so celery ginger something like that um, and then generally go straight into the watermelons, uh, you know, just taking full advantage of watermelon season all the way out to the goals. So we will usually juice like two watermelons, generally give us about one and a half to two gallons, just depending how big they are. Put some key lime there, maybe a little like organic lemon. And then, um, and then we've been doing a lot of like local cucumber juice because uh, we can get them so easily, so organic and cheap. You know, we get we have people right down the street that grow them. We're growing some, so we do a lot of cucumber juice. So that just doubles up. You know, the melon, the melon juicing with the watermelons, um, and then we do kind of like some type of grounding juice, generally like kind of like for dinner. So like a uh, like a heavier green juice. You know, maybe some beets, something like that. Something that's more on like the uh, something not as astringent, but more on like the minerals and you know what I mean. That type of yeah. uh, type energy versus the fruit being more of a you know, vegetables being more like a magnetic grounding, fruit being more like a high electricity astringent mm -hmm. type. So we just kind of flush, you know, watermelon fruits throughout the day and then kind of ground with the greens uh, or beets or something like that at night. That's good, man. That's good. That's so good. Like, I think that's that's pretty much the same that I would do, in particular in the mornings with the, uh, with the dates. That, like, loosens the bowel and, you know, mm -hmm. just flushes things through. And because that's you're not something I'm probably going to keep doing even when I go back, you know, back to solids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really like what just some soaked date water or soaked prune water uh, can do, like, first thing in the morning, for sure. I really like that. It opens definitely. Like, that's that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's for everyone. Um, soaked dates or soaked prunes are very, very easy and cheap um, laxatives. Like, if you're suffering from congestion, uh, you can always rely on that. Do that like uh, a few days, three, four, five days, and then you will see already a very mild laxative effect. Therefore, will loosen your bowel and that will help you to loosen up. Right? Just don't like, just don't rely on it to go in the toilet. 
but um, if you have little issues with congestion, then you can always rely on that 100%. Uh, yo, T, you still there? Yeah, okay. You're good. Yeah, I can. Uh, wait. Okay, good, good, good. All right, let's jump. Let's jump into one of the questions. Um, do you know what this is? Ibogaine? Does that like? Do you mean iboga or ibogaine? Because I know what iboga is, but I don't know what ibogaine is. Do you know like what the ibogaine? Like the like uh, it's kind of like the derivative or like the isolate from it. Mm. Uh, okay. I mean, I know Sabi. Sabi was big on it. Um, he was, you know, he was big on like the whole plant form, but then I think, uh, the isolate, which I'm not sure, which one do you know? Ibogaine? I know Iboga, like the oh, plant. So Ibogaine must be the isolate. I think that's okay. when you get more into like the, um, kind of like sacred plant usage, kind of almost kind of in the psychedelic type, yeah. kind of in that type of family. Um, there's been some things, like I know there's been like some some controversy over it you know some countries have banned it some countries yeah, yeah. like i know there's been kind of some strangeness of it but i also know there's a long history of you know indigenous people using it um i've never used it but you know i just hear it from people like uh kalindi Yi. you know i would hear him talk about evil gain usage and things like that so it's not something i've taken personally so i can't speak on that but you know what i mean i know it's in that family and kind of everything that comes along with like sacred plant communion and you know all that type of thing okay interesting interesting because i, I personally i took iboga right the plant that they there's used also in uh like the not isolate form um so the entire plant which also has psychedelic uh influences on you i microdose it for a certain period of time and it's actually i think it's illegal in germany as far as i know so you're right about that but what it does is it gives you like um a bird perspective on your life like you're extremely objective uh you you almost like you it's almost like you fly above you and you see yourself that's how that's how you feel you act almost like in a video game it's really weird like you know these third third view kind of situations right grand theft auto for example that's the most uh, prominent one um like you literally that's how, like you don't see it like that but that's how you feel like you're very distant from yourself very detached and that's why it's really, really helpful, particularly when you're suffering from any kind of addiction, right? It's used for any kind of person who's addicted to drugs, right? Whether that's as easy as alcohol, which is readily available, uh, or, you know, cocaine, heroin, whatever. Whatever drug you might consume, Iboga is actually really, really helpful. However, it itself, it's also labeled as a drug. So, you know, illegal. And yeah, therefore, it's kind of difficult. Said. That's so, that's so, that's, like, that's so stupid. Say again? Was, uh, that, once you said that, now I remember Sabi talked about that being used to break addictions. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Like magic mushrooms are used to, like, break cocaine addictions. Like, Iboga, Iboga was the same way. Like, you can use it to break very hard, uh, hard drug addictions and things yeah. like that. It's definitely a strong, a strong herb. Uh, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw some Medunetra, so uh, hieroglyphics, that's how we would call them in modern day language, uh, in, in Kemet, right, in Egypt, with the boga plant. So it's something which is commonly used in ancient African spirituality or African spirituality, whatever that is, uh, because, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a big plant, like you shouldn't forget about it. 
And like iboga is actually the underdog when it comes to these herbs because everybody knows mushrooms, everybody knows uh, uh, I, um, ayahuasca and stuff or smoke some DMT, whatever. But iboga is actually really, really, really under, uh, underrated. All right, next question. This is a good one. Um, PJ in the building. Can the amount of sleep... PJ? <laughs> Stop, wait, somebody's... What's going on? Birth that. Anyway. Um, can the amount of sleep you get affect your spiritual journey? So does, does your sleep... Uh, affect your spiritual so that's a good thing about for you though like how does how did your sleep change do you sleep less or more uh yeah like in the beginning uh kind of like in the early stages of like you know some of the heavier cleansing uh you know i felt like energy was a bit lower and i needed a little bit more sleep uh but now i've kind of broken through to a stage where yeah i don't i don't sleep nearly as much anymore uh, uh i don't know what i don't really know what hours I would be at, but probably like a couple of hours than I generally uh, would be sleeping for sure. And I mean, that's what, you know what I mean? When they give us the whole sleep thing, it's based off a particular, uh, you know, archetype of person eating a particular way. So everything's the whole hour, mm. you need eight hours of sleep. Well, you need eight based off of what they're saying that person would eat and live. If a person was eating and living a totally different way, do we necessarily think that they need eight hours as well. you know what i mean there's no blankets it's just like eat fruit all day you don't need to drink eight glasses of water because you're getting so much water from your life it, it just it all depends on your whole lifestyle the blanket statements just don't really work um but yeah like as far as like your spiritual journey i mean it could um if you're you know not sleeping enough as far as like based on your lifestyle and it's astral projecting and really you know a lot of dream journaling and things like that well then it can help you another way it all depends just where you're at you know what i'm saying um you I know a lot of you know there's some people you know especially a lot of spiritual type people who are just complete nocturnal everything you know what i mean there's some you know there's a lot of teachers out there who they almost live opposite of the way we live and they're up you know at night because they say at night they essentially say there's like, like a think of like think like the internet there's a kind of like an Atashic internet during the day where most people are up, most people are thinking thoughts, most people are doing all of this. So your, your broadband or whatever is congested during the day. That's why internet's not as fast. But at certain times when most people mm. aren't using the internet, it's, it's open, it's much faster. So these people say at these late hours of night, they can tap in much you know to these different realms much easier because most most people aren't conscious at that time they're sleeping they're kind of you know in a dormant type stage so they use those quieter hours to tap out of the work that they're doing on a spiritual level so it just all totally depends yo that's um with the ninth thing i've never heard that before but like i personally um i sleep less in the summer that's my personal observation uh, however, like I'm a person who meditates when when sleeping, right? That's how I like always. I don't always feel tired physically, but sometimes it feels like I need to tap in into my spiritual self. And um, the easiest way to do that is through sleep or through napping. That's why I like to nap whenever I feel like you know 
I need to think about something. I need to meditate about them, uh, something, but I don't want to meditate in the term, in the classical terms. So I would go for a lying, sleeping meditation, and afterwards I would wake up with either a vivid dream, or with the answer to my question. Right. That's why I personally I like um, sleep in terms of meditation. And there is literally almost no night or or no sleep where I don't dream. I dream so fast. Like I could I could sleep for 15 minutes and I would have three de- uh, th- uh, three dreams. That's how I feel. Right. And that's but that's just me. So sleep is for me one of the biggest uh, ways to enlighten myself and to go through stuff subconsciously or even consciously if I'm aware that I'm dreaming or even if I'm astro projecting uh, project uh, man must be the job because <laughs> um anyway so if I'm astro projecting then um you know it, it always happens when I'm asleep it just once happened when I was awake so you know, sleep is very important for me, in particular for my spiritual enlightenment and spiritual journey. Um, yo, let's speak about, let's speak about this. Can can I eat vegan shit? Wait, what? Okay, sorry. No, wait, wait. I thought I thought that was about vegan junk food, but then I was like, what? I actually know what crazy crazy story, right? I was okay. I don't know where it was because then everybody who knows. Anyway, so I know a person, I know a person who ate their own shit because they believe that that's the only way to have sufficient B12 levels when they're vegan. Just, just so you know, just so you know, I know a person, I immediately cut off ties to that person, always was a weird person. But after, after I heard that, I, you have to understand, like I was looking at that person, yeah? And I, I, was, about to, I was about to punch him or her. <laughs> Right. That, that's how I felt. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, it's absolutely madness. Ben is saying that. By the way, or therapy, there's some truth to that. That's uh, true. As far as like fecal therapy, I mean, if you want to save it and give it to your garden, you can do that. You know what I mean? That's kind of a recycled way to consume some of it. But straight, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm telling you. Save like, that for I the, personally, I personally save that for the crashes in the in okay mountains like that's when you do something like that not in normal regular day life yo 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 like that that was crazy that was crazy like sometimes sometimes you just hear bullshit or like the, the thing that i posted just that this one woman in london eats semen because it protects from coronavirus <laughs> yo yo i'm i'm telling i'm telling you people there's always people those are, people like, always be those people Yo, it's just uh oh my goodness. Anyway, 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 there was there was a really good question. Where was it? That was not the question I meant. Uh yeah, this one. Okay. So anyway, if you have to eat one animal product, which would it be the least detrimental? Mm. That's a good hypothetical question because ultimately we both know that no animal product is the best because, you know, I think yeah, you gave, I think you was, yeah, you were it, um, where you said like, you know, smoking with the filter is better than smoking without a filter, but smoking is still bad, isn't it? Right? And that's the same way that I see like animal products. But if I would have to choose from a mere scientific point of view, I personally would say bone broth or the inner part of a bone, because that's the most nutrient dense part of 
uh, of an animal. And if you would like to consume it, that's what you should consume rather than meats or da dairy in particular. That's not even food for me, right? Not, not even uh, goat milk or something. You are a human and you are an adult. So you shouldn't consume any other uh, growth formula because when you think about it, milk is a growth cocktail uh, making uh, mammals grow as fast as possible to reach adulthood so they are independent from their parents. So that's not even food, in my opinion, or not, should not even be considered food because there's no animal going to another animal drinking milk or there's no, let's say, there is no adult animal going to another animal drinking the milk, which is absolutely ridiculous. So if I would, if I would have to choose one, it would be bone broth or something like that. But again, I wouldn't. What about yeah. you? Like, what would you say? Uh, yeah, I would have to ask, like, are we talking about on an industrial level? Or are we talking about in general? Like, in general, it would be to, like, to go hunt something myself. You know mm. what I mean? Take it down myself. Process yeah. it myself. Like, you know what I mean? A wild animal much closer to anything industrial that you can get at a grocery store that was fed who knows what type of gmo you know what i mean put through whatever type of living circumstances you know antibiotics all this craziness was probably was probably killed two or three months ago you know all these different things so if i had to choose it would be something wild you know that i could get um you know sort of like you know like indigenous hunting type thing you know what i mean give revenue to it all that um if it wasn't if it wasn't on a hunting scale it would probably be um my i would probably literally i would get like four or five chickens at the house and just do mm -hmm. eggs like if i just had really? to choose like one thing you know what i mean like i would try i would still try to avoid store meat by any means and i would either hunt yeah. i would either fish or i would either uh just have some chickens at the house and just eat the eggs um if it's something at the store, I mean, yeah, like you said, probably like an organic bone broth or um, some like grass-fed organic like organ meat, you know, just because it being the most nutrient-dense, you only need a tiny, tiny bit of it. You know what I mean? A little bit of liver cut up in like, you know, a vegetable stew with a little few pieces of liver or something like that would be all mm. you technically need. So it wouldn't be like, you know, sustaining myself on like huge chicken breast and pounds of ground beef like no it would either be wild game my own chickens or some type of organic grass-fed organ meat like if i had to choose some meat to eat you know what i mean true true that's that's a valid argument that's real valid i did not even think about um uh, about hunting and, and buying it in stores um i just assumed it's hunting because ultimately that's what you what you really want to do and um if you want to live a healthier meat included uh lifestyle but organ meats are like that that's actually something which is overlooked for example the liver is one of the only if not the only part in, in entire nature which has all things that your body needs because every single nutrient right everything in your body needs to pass the liver same thing in all mammals so if you would technically eat the liver of an animal you have everything right and, and, and somebody, somebody, Flora says that eating liver isn't good because that's uh, a filter organ. Exactly, an organ. That's why we don't eat animals because everything is filtered. There are toxins loaded. Um, everything is in the liver. And liver has actually bad effects if you consume too much on, on the kidneys. 
because it's one of the organs which is the highest purine, right? And purine taxes the liver, as we know, causing lots of uric acid buildup. And that's why you're so prone to diseases like um, where, where you accumulate uric crystals, like, like gout, for example. So, um, yeah, man, like if you want to eat animals, again, bone broth, organ meats, eggs, self, like if you have own, own chicken, eggs will be uh, good as well. But again, like I wouldn't consider it at all. Yeah. Like, about, but yeah, good question, the, though. Like, good I, like, I like those Huh? That was Sega. a good point you made with the liver. Like, definitely. That's why, like, I would say, like, you know, organic free range. Not that it's the best, but it's just yeah. they, through le they experience less toxins than conventional. That's why I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want conventional organ. Um, ideally, you would want wild organ meat, you know, some yeah. an animal that yeah. lived in a pretty clean environment, something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, that's why, like, the animal fat, fat stores a ton of toxins. Fat is like a buffer to toxins. So if you're eating a lot of fatty conventional meat, if you you know if you're eating a lot of organs of conventional animals, yes, those toxins, everything that animal dealt with, dealt with, dealt with in the industrial agriculture, yeah. you're going to be experiencing that. Sure, 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 sure. Really good, really, really good question. I like those hypothetical ones. Yo, let's let's talk about this. Can you talk about abstinence and how it relates to your energy levels? Now, I would reformulate that, right? And, uh, well, actually, no, that would be a little tr issuing because abstinence is for both genders. So what's, what's your take on abstinence? Like, would you say that controlling, I'm saying, I'm saying controlling, your, on channeling your sexual energy has major effects on your spiritual journey and as well as health? Absolutely. I'm not for abstinence right. at all. I'm, I come from like more of a uh, Taoist type influence uh, where they were like, can you hear me? Wait, wait, you, you just, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. All right. Let's okay. Personally, because I come from more of like a, Tao, a Taoist type influence where they branched off and taught something different. Uh, they essentially, you know, they saw that there were monks, you know, practicing abstinence, but they also knew that uh, that could create somewhat of like a stagnation and somewhat of a, you know, there's so much energy right there that's being to retain, cultivate, mm -hmm. and transmute that. So like for me personally, um, it's not so much abstinence for me. It's more so tension, erection of that energy. And, you know, it's not so much that we not do it. It's we don't need to mindlessly do it. Like, that's that's the killer right there. You know what I mean? Like, your sexual energy is your greatest physical and meta metaphysical creative energy next to your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is mm -hmm. mind generates thoughts. Your sexual organs generates biological life. So to just totally shut them down, you know, there may be some period where you just need to cleanse and get that under control. Like, I get that. But long term, um, well, long term, I would say more so you need to cultivate that in the direction you want to cultivate it in. So, you know, what I mean, if you look into like what's called like sex magic, if you look into 
uh, Montauk Chia and, you know, mm-hmm. everything he teaches about senior retention. And essentially, you know what I mean? Like your there's two things you want to do with your energy. You know what I mean? You either create life or you create manifestations. So mm-hmm. literally, if you're going to if you're going to do what you were biologically designed to do, make a child or make like a thought child. Literally, like, like, literally, like, envision. It sounds weird at first because we're just taught it's such a taboo topic, which we all came. How can we be? How can art, the thing we came from, be taboo? Like, that doesn't make sure. any sense. Sure, it makes sense. But, uh, but, like, literally, like, like, the same way it's magic. The same way you like, same way you, you think that's candle magic. The same way you get a manifestation down and then burn it and watch it burn. That's a form of fire magic. There's sex magic where sure. in your mind you manifest and envision what you want and what you want to create. And you literally, you give yourself to that. Like you, you literally, you give yeah. yourself to, to that the whole sure. time. In that, Like literally picturing that the entire time. You don't get caught up in the carnal. You're not about freaking Pornhub or whatever crazy stuff you're thinking about. You are literally envisioning that in your mind while you make a transaction of that energy out into the universe and you know that's the point yeah sex sex magic there's you know there's a lot there's not a lot of recent people talking about it but if you go back to like the 1900s like occult teachings there's, there were a lot of people uh things like rudolph beverly Pascal, or something like that uh, yeah, you, you like those austrian german names i don't know why <laughs> he uh uh he had a lot of, but he was actually a uh, a melanated guy too, which is interesting because you didn't get a oh, lot of published books from back then yeah. at that time. Yeah. So he had to be really like on his stuff, where you know the society was like, "All right, I I, I literally I want to hear what you have to say. Like, let's put it into a book." But yeah, just you know, look at sex magic, look up uh, Montauk Chia, semen routine, things like that, and just kind of get a different perspective of abstinence versus uh, energy cultivation. True, true. And let me tell you this, like, I personally was abstinent for four years, right? So that's what, that was when, when I was focusing on, on myself, but I was unaware of semen retention, right? And that's something that I build up. That's just literally a skill that you need to relearn because ultimately that's actually part of your, your very being, but we are taught to unlearn, so you need to relearn it. And um, to be able to, to channel this energy is absolutely crucial because that's the next leap and i can compare that to abstinence because there's a difference one you just say you ignore something you make it dead which is very unhealthy in my opinion but you still have like superior energy to comparing to just busting as a man to busting it out all the time however if you're able to channel this energy you can still engage in 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 sexual uh sacred sacred energy exchange right sex and still have the benefits of abstinence. So semen retention for as a man in particular, and that's who I speak, can speak right now, is actually extremely important, right? And you mentioned ancient cultures, and I can only refer to, to Kemet. Um, that's very close to Taoism in that manner, because like in Kemet, you also had deities which represented sex energy, right? And you did not use, and you even had like, prostitutes quote-unquote prostitutes who were able to unlock your 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 uh, certain chakras and energy centers in order for patients to heal so sex was actually used as a as a as a, 
as a remedy, right? Because some people were so, so good at it, as stupid as it sounds in modern terms. But that just shows how important the sexual energy, uh, the sexual energy exchange is, right? And that's actually one of the most oppressing systems, which uh, religion in particular, institutionalized religions uh, indoctrinated us with. Because they said, you know, women are bad. The way that they practice sex is bad. So we are coming off a rape culture, right? And that's the only way that you can have sex is when you, as a man, bust, right? And you are the person who, um, who takes lead, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas women are actually the ones generating surplus energy from, from uh, the act of sex, right? So limiting a man's capability to please his woman is actually limiting the overall um, matriarchal powers in society. So we need to return and open these conversations, as you said, taboo topics, in order for us to be more balanced, in order for us to be more at peace. Because sex is not a bad thing, right? You should use it wisely. Yes, you shouldn't go out and, 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 and sleep with everyone, but you can also engage in it very, very healthily. It's super important. And it balances your chakras, ultimately, right? So, um, very, very good question. And, um, yeah, man, that was good. Next question. Let me see. Yo, we got a ton of question. Mm, now let's, let's, let's talk about the V word. I don't know if they still on us, <laughs> but hmm. what do you think? Like, um, what's going to happen? Do you think there, there's going to be a, uh, a mandatory Beaver. Have you seen have you seen the uh the, the, the debate between um Alan Dershowitz and, and John F. Kennedy? Uh John F. Kennedy, bruh. Um what's his name? Robert Kennedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Robert, Robert Kennedy. Have you seen I it? saw people talking about it. I haven't like personally it watched cool. it yet. Um I heard it was really good. I heard he went at his really? throat and just destroyed him, just buried him and so um I mean I think I mean I definitely think there's a faction of society that would love that that's been pushing that that's wanted that since the very beginning um but i definitely think that as far as like will it i think it's a it's an open like this is the year the four like this is a foundational year when we will this happen it depends on the energy it can very well happen it could also not happen it depends where the collective energy goes if, you know if the collective energy submits in ignorance and fear yeah, it could it could start with that and get much much worse, if the collective energy you know awakens to truth and stands on that square and you know, uh, you know stands behind what they believe in. It can go the other way. I don't think it's set. You know, if you look into if you look into this universal rhythm, if you look into the spiral circulation mm. to say. Will this happen? It um, come to me, but every everything's emotion. Like I, like I'm telling you, like they both exist. The scariest thing out there that this may come, that exists if we allow it to exist. The 5D return to paradise golden age that also exists. If we put, like, it, they both exist. We live in polarity. 
both we live in a multiverse the realities of both of them exist right now the worst hell you could imagine the greatest heaven you could imagine exists now and you know our experience is based on where we where we send that energy at so you know what i mean do i think gonna push for it absolutely they're gonna push for it um do i necessarily think it'll come into play it depends on the people's reaction you know what i mean in the same way people just kind of bent over and took with the mass thing if they put it out there knowing that everybody's like well you know i just want things to go back to normal well then yeah that'd be the rule but if a roar comes from the people well then they they'd have to figure it's all contingency is what i was thinking right now is a contingency based plan so it's of the people so the greater we come into that energy the more it disrupts the plans and the more they have to change and shift and switch things up the more we just you know sit back and talk about what who jada was would then where we send our energy that's true that's true i fully agree fully agree um so wait let's just there's a follow-up question regards the uh talk about sex that we had Book recommendations. Do you have the book by you, by chance? No, it's in the uh, house. No, I also I also lended it to my to my friend uh, for his own good, but I don't have it here. So it's a book called Montauk Chia. Um, what's it called? The the purple one for men, and the yellow one for women. It's called Montauk Chia. Wait. Yeah, like cultivating male something like that. Yeah, something like that. Wait, let me type it in. Then there's some other like Taoist practice sex books as yeah. well uh, that you'll kind of find related. There's things out there. And then uh, that's also true. there's a guy, his name is like Beverly Rascal Pascal or something like that. That's the, the old like 1900 occultist that talked about sex magic. That's another good one. All right, okay. Um, am I fucking up my liver? <laughs> By drinking. Yes. You know what actually happens is that when you drink, because alcohol is actually sugar, right? It's a high degree sugar. So the same way that sugar might trigger your liver to produce more fat. And if you're producing too much fat, your liver will take on fat. And that's how you develop a fatty liver. And alcohol does literally the same. Um, uh, exactly. Plant Life Homie already texted the name of the book. Um, but yeah, when you drink, you're consuming a high degree sugar, which causes your liver to produce fat. And then simultaneously, you're producing enzymes, which inhibit the excretion of these fats into your system. Therefore, your liver has to take it on. And that's how you develop fatty livers. That's how you harm your liver. So depending on how much you drink, you're harming your liver. But then you can say, okay, everything in moderation. But I personally don't believe that alcohol should be moderated because a toxin <laughs> remains a toxin, right? It's absolutely toxic. And in terms of your spiritual well-being, I wouldn't drink at all. Like there are uh, certain people that say that the term alcohol comes from the Arabic word, which is alcohol. And this, this means apparently uh, soul eater, right? I haven't checked that. The only thing that I know is that alcohol is also like like an eyeliner they use in the, the desert to protect the eyes. But it's apparently also um, 
uh, this word where it says soul eater, which is perfectly fitting for alcohol because you lose your spirit. Like what happens when you drink too much, you alter your character. So you're more prone to, um, to uh, you know, lower vibrations, you do work, you, you have worse, cho um, worse choices, you make bad decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So just don't like, it's easy to say, just don't drink, but don't drink. And remember um, like in like tribal, like shamanistic times, alcohol was used ceremonially by the shamans, by the people who were aware, like how you just said, what it does to your spirit. Only the people who were well-versed to traverse those energies were even the ones allowed to drink. So alcohol was not a daily, you know, daily beer, daily wine type thing. Literally, high spiritual times of the year, the shaman would essentially get drunk, use that as a portal to go off into different energy realms, then come back with information. So you got to think like, if that powerful of a person was using that once or twice a year, what is it doing when I'm sipping on this almost daily or every other day? You know what I'm saying? So it was never designed to be just an everyday type, you know what I mean? Experience every other day type experience. True, true. Let me tell you this. Um, I also had like when I, when I used to drink, I had always nightmares, right? And it, like after a certain while, I understood like when you drink alcohol, you're literally practicing shadow work, kind of, right? So you have to be a really strong person, as you said, to tackle these these shadows if you're not you know uh you're you're losing every single time you, you drink like a voodoo ceremony what's saying you ever seen like a voodoo ceremony where like no. literally like it'll be like a priestess who he may drink like a fifth to himself in this ceremony and, you know just do all these things and just you know come back the next morning not hung over or like messed up or anything but you could see like the alcohol was the like portal uh, assistance in what he was doing. It wasn't like a recreational type thing that now, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty trippy. Like yeah. I, I've seen one and like, it was a documentary and just how much he was drinking was, was absolutely insane. How fast. Send me that one. Um, I'll try to find it. I think it may have been on vice actually, but yeah, they talked to him the next day. Like he didn't remember it. He didn't have any hangover. He, felt normal like it literally was an out-of-body type spiritual experience it wasn't it wasn't anything like going to the bar like how we do today yeah but you can wow. see how that can be leveraged against us how you know what i mean how a system could take that powerful of a substance trickle it to us chronically and just literally just control us with it over time you know what i mean Church. Same with tobacco tobacco was also yeah. used as a sacred plan to illuminate your aura to let the shaman see in which areas of your of your aura you're deficient and where you need some work right but what happens to tobacco you know you know what happened so what i mean look look at what they did to native indigenous people who were using these stereotype yeah. drinks only on ceremonies they gave it to all of them they put you know what i mean they that, that was one of the main downfalls of you know if you look at like United States colonialism and how they got so much land, it was the alcohol that pushed it. They traded, they, they got them hooked on it, they traded for them, they, they boozed them up and made them sign treaties, just all these different things. And if you go to rest today, just like if you go to, you know, a lot of the like black and brown communities, there's particular drugs that just, you know, just ravage, you know, like crack, things like that. You yeah. go to a Native American 
reservation today is alcohol like literally like they have signs like watch driving in the street at night like look for people laying passed out in the street at night so it's the same type of energy that was used against the people from the people who were using these just in very uh minute situations of, you know tapping into different realms true 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 man this uh somebody's always saying that's why liquor yep, stores, that's have, why liquor stores have, been really have been essential exactly <laughs> true, true. and you have to you have to observe in which communities and which areas more and more liquor stores are available and that's also you know intended um yeah alcohol is not something that you want to consume somebody's asking i think wendy no flora um asking about wine and uh well obviously wine is one of the healthier alcohols because you have all these antioxidants from the grapes from the grape seeds blah 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 in it but you still have alcohol right so you're taking something good which might tax your system so why not consume grape juice then if you're for the taste you know and you know what i mean so um there are ways around it but it's ultimately it's your choice i personally would never recommend anyone to drink in particular if you're in a in a um uh, what's it saying? Oh, what's it say? Um, in the, in the healing healing process. Anyway, next question. Um, vegan or vegetarian? And this is something, right? Which I really, really, really want to get out there. Um, vegetarianism, yeah, is actually veganism. It's even further. Real vegetarianism means that you're only consuming plants, right? No dairy, no milk. That's something I learned from uh, Dr. Aris Latam. And uh, basically, he gave me the etymology of the word vegetarian, which literally means that you're only consuming veg vegetation. So the moment you process something, you lose the term or the meaning of vegetarian, or you cannot be vegetarian. That's why when I, for example, when I was in Ethiopia, they say that they're fasting vegetarian, and all they consume is plants, right? Plants, nothing from, from a package, nothing processed, right? They might make a little process in themselves, the high monks, for example, but mostly they're consuming fruits. Yeah. And that's super important for everybody to understand. The real term vegetarian is actually whole food, plant-based, primarily raw. So vegan is actually a term coined by uh, some white dude in the, in the 40s. Uh, and it started as an animal rights movement. So this is extremely important for you to understand because you can reclaim your power through words and that's why the technology uh, that's a word that you like to use of politics is so heavy on words like law is so heavy on words like the way that you put it the words are very intentional etc etc anyway we have like one minute 20 left um do you have do you have something to say to that manner you have like one minute 15 seconds uh i mean yeah absolutely like just go back to the etymology of the words, you know what I mean? Uh, you could technically be a real vegetarian and not be a vegan. True. Technically, because you could want it for your personal health, but the, you know, the animal welfare, a technicality, you could be a vegetarian and not even a vegan. But I don't mean or something and not care you know buy something like that but still eat that so yeah, yeah i mean about sure. the animals if that's your thing it's our concept you know what i mean just 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 live just live line with your truth forget the labels you know what i'm saying 
Exactly, exactly. Anyways, Yeller, appreciate you for taking your time. As always, it was a great talk. And uh, shout out to everyone who is, who was in this chat, who's listening to this on the podcast. Salute. Drink out juice. Man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>